This is the ATM at the Minute podcast presented by Fan Fuel Sports. We have an excellent show planned for you guys today. Football season is right around the corner. Jackson and I are going to dive into the latest at NFL training camps. Then we're going to go in and do NBA draft superlatives. The first time we really had a chance to talk about the draft together, didn't we, we talked draft night, but didn't talk that much over the weekend. So Yeah, you got a few FaceTime calls from me as I was watching a couple hours from behind. And then we've also got the latest scoop on NBA free agency, trade market, the madness that's essentially ensuing now that the draft has wrapped up. Right. Free agency begins Monday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time. Meaning free agency has begun right now. Yes, I expect some deals to get done really quickly. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. And one more thing, we do have an announcement. If you're listening to this right now, you may be wondering why we dropped an episode on Monday. Well, with Jackson now on the West Coast, this is a bit more conducive to our schedules. So be on the lookout. We'll be dropping our shows Sunday nights, uh, most of the time going forward now. And we will let you know if that changes. So yep. let's get it. All right, it is Sunday afternoon, Sunday night for Peter in Central Time there. And fresh off a of Vegas trip, I got back late last night and I stayed up late to watch Slovenia versus Spain. Oh, did you stay up and watch this, Peter? I was out and about last night. I was not watching. I did ah. see Slovenia has never lost with Luka Doncic. It was a crazy game. Slovenia got down a ton early. Luca picked up three fouls in the first quarter, and Spain doubled the crap out of him, and he just was an absolute maestro. Heck of a game. Slovenia came back down like 12 to get it done. I had a blast watching. But let's get to the bulk of what we got today. Let's start off with the NFL here. Wait, wait. I got to interject. I looked at yeah. the box score on Luca. He only uh-huh. had 12 points. I know, because Spain doubled and trapped every single time he got the ball in his hands, and he was just hitting the open man, and Slovenia ran, I mean, very solid, fluid offense and just swung the ball around until they got an open corner three or found the big man wide open roll into the basket. And Team USA should have all sat down and watched that game because that was team basketball. prime example of how to win playing team basketball internationally. Absolutely. You, you it was beautiful have- to watch. You got to have some basketball players in international basketball. Can't All right, just none, be hoopers. None of um, this. We are not one doing more this question. today. Yeah. I saw Z Dragic. Yeah, that's Zoran. Goran's not there. No, Goran's not playing, but Zoran is. And uh, okay. he's he's a lefty as well. A little bit bigger, more of a wing than a guard. Yeah. But he had a little stint with Phoenix back in the day when they had Goran as well. So okay. I'm familiar with Zoran. He's got a decent game. Nice that, little compliment to Luka. That's a nice nugget. All right, let's do this. NFL. Yes, take it away here. Where are we starting? Okay, so we're going to play a game of news or noise related to training camp stories. I've been following some of these you know, pieces pretty closely. I'm just geared up for the season, and I'm trying to find a way to talk about all these things. So we're going to start with it. You're going to tell me whether or not this story is news or noise, starting with Carson Wentz injury. Yeah, what does this, this is mean news. for Indy? 
this is definitely news. They just signed Brett Hundley as kind of a panic last minute. Let's let's bring somebody in in case Wentz can't go. Apparently, the foot injury either was going to require surgery or extensive rehab to where maybe he could like play through it throughout the season. And it looks like Wentz has opted for the rehab route versus surgery. So he's out, quote unquote, indefinitely right now. But it mm-hmm. looks like he's going to try and play week one and just kind of see what happens. I, I don't think he could make it through this whole season injured with how serious it seems, but I guess he's going to try and he doesn't want to be shut down for the year and have surgery. So we'll see, but I don't, I don't really know what to expect with Indy. Surely he is not going to start all 17 games, but this is absolutely news. Yeah, not a, not a good start to the season for Indy fans. I know that the hopes were high with Wentz, Frank Reich was apparently his man in Philly when he had his MVP season. The next guy on the depth chart is Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. I'm not feeling too confident about the Colts if either one of those guys... Absolutely not. No, it's going to be Huntley from what I've that's read. Even Brett worse. Huntley is, is where they're leaning if it's not Wentz. Yeah, and that's that's worse. Um, one idea I had, though, is that they should trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I don't know where you make the money come from because he's got a fat contract coming, but I mean, you can rework it. We know the NFL salary cap is just an imaginary number. So yeah, that would be pretty interesting. You think he'd be an upgrade over Wentz right away or you think it'd be about same ballpark? I think he'd be better from the start, but ceiling is the ceiling is definitely higher with Wentz. That's for sure. I was excited about this team. I mean, they have a really solid defense. We all know good old line, but their offense might be horrendous. It, yeah, it really especially, they don't have many pass catchers. Well, and the other thing is, too, if you keep Wentz in the pocket and you make him one dimensional, he's not that good. I mean, he's kind of a, a get out and scramble and feel things out as the pressure comes in and the pocket collapses. Like that's when I see him at his best, not, you know, taking his three or five step drop or whatever it is and staying in the pocket. I, I yeah, I, they're in trouble. Indy's in trouble. It's, what do we got next nice, here? It's nice that you confirmed that Dak Prescott is the better quarterback between those two. But up next is... I don't recall saying that, but... um, Aaron yes, Rodgers is back in Green Bay. One last dance, him and Devontae together. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, is this news or noise for the fantasy stock of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams? I mean, it's absolutely news. Everything around this is news. As much as some of it might have seemed like noise... I mean, we got the confirmation from Aaron when he broke down the whole timeline of this and what went wrong. This has been news all along. And I think we were pretty accurate over the months when we kind of covered the breakdown of, you know, what's gone on, what's really pissed him off, all of that stuff. I think our timeline was pretty accurate. And this is news. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He won the MVP last year. Devontae Adams was the top wide receiver in fantasy. Aaron Jones was a top 10 running back. If he doesn't play... Jones and Adam's stock just absolutely plummets. So this is definitely news fantasy wise. And before you give me a rebuttal on this and what your thoughts are, I want to know how many QBs do you have ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now? Fantasy wise. I have not hammered out my individual QB rankings. Ballpark him. I would say seven or eight. Okay. I was thinking five or six. I'm not too far off on that. Well, from you. Last year, I believe he had 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, and he still wasn't like 
you know, breaking fantasy. He didn't throw for that many yards. Like, there's no way he repeats that season, this coming season. I, I think he's due for some regression. That's just how this works. So, yeah. I mean, yes, he'll be good in fantasy, but I'm not taking him above the upside guys like Allen, Kyler, Dak, Mahomes, Lamar. I agree even. with the bulk of those. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I will say, I think like the interceptions and maybe completion percentage are due for a little bit of regression, but I'm not so sure about their defense this year. And I think maybe touchdowns. Well, hear me out. Mahomes went say, for 50 and then he didn't even break 40 the next year. Uh, he got hurt and missed some games. But I think that statistically, like yards wise and maybe touchdowns close to same ballpark, but I think the yards go up. I don't think they're going to be as good defensively and win. 13 games where he's essentially just managing the clock in the second half. I think there's going to be some more games where he's got to open it up and throw them back into it this year. So I don't know. I think maybe a little room for growth, but what else you got on green Bay here? So Devonte Adams, surefire first round pick. Don't overthink it. That hasn't changed at all. Aaron Jones climbs into the first round for me because of this. He is as steady as it gets at his position. He's a true RB1. And Jamal Williams is now in Detroit, who he sometimes played whole sequences last year. So, yes, A.J. Dillon will step up and have a bigger role. If you draft Aaron Jones, be sure to handcuff him with Dillon. But I think Aaron Jones, surefire RB1 now. I'm not as sold on Jones. I mean, ideally with the situation, he should be really good. But I don't know. Just got a bad feeling. But We'll see. Just gave him an extension. He catches a lot of passes. Touchdown machine. That's a great offense. Hey, man, some of those guys get the big bag and they check out. But we'll see. Speaking of another guy who just got a big bag, Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Is this news or noise, the little three-year extension he got? In what context? Is it relevant? Do you think it's meaningful for the Browns and Chubb's fantasy value and long-term outlook? Or was this bound to happen expected? I love the signing for Cleveland. I think he's probably the best runner in the NFL. He is a joy to watch. Maybe aside from Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's yes. up there. That said, it doesn't have any fantasy relevance. I'm still a little bit hesitant to select Nick Chubb, even in the second round. I just don't see the upside with him. He only had 20-plus carries once last season. He has virtually no passing role, only had 16 targets last season. Kareem Hunt's their guy. This is all about real-life football. The Browns are going to be one of the best teams in the AFC thanks to this amazing duo they have in Chubb and Hunt. And I think they're going to do what they can to keep these guys fresh headed into the playoffs. So do not expect Nick Chubb to be this bell cow, 25 carries a game type of player. Yeah, I think that's a big deal with this contract is they're not going to run him into the ground. They now have yeah. him guaranteed for three more years, so they're going to have to be kind of smart and not give him 20-plus carries the first eight games of the season and have him you know, be running with dead legs going into the playoffs. So I, I think you're spot on there. I will say I like Chubb and second third fourth round you know fourth like he's if not he's sitting gonna, there and you get he's that. gone in the second round every single draft i think he could fall to the third maybe late third in some i will see but we'll see he's safe i mean th there's a limit on the floor and the ceiling there you know you're getting eight to 20 points a game guaranteed with him but you're never gonna have like a 50 point week where he has 27 carries for a million yards and touchdowns i don't know i i say this he will have weeks where he goes for 35 
makes me look like an idiot. I don't but... know. I think they limit him. I think in those situations I mean, he where did he did it last would, year, though, he had a few just he did. He did have some games last year. He did have some games. We'll see. All right, I'm going to stop myself before I, I look stupid on my takes here because I, I think Chubb is solid, but you kind of know what you're getting. And there's, right. there's limited potential. But okay, another guy who this one is different for news and noise related reasons, but Micah Parsons has supposedly looked really good in camp for your Cowboys. Yeah. Is this news or noise? This is 100% news, let's be honest. Dallas's defense was horrendous last season. They bring in Dan Quinn to run the defense. My hopes aren't too high from the hiring. Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom 2.0. What I'm hearing is Parsons has looked even better than they expected. You don't hear that often. And I feel like you do hear that often. I don't know. He's he's staying after practice every day with Dan Quinn working one-on-one on pass rush moves i think he's going to be an electric player fun to watch him and jalen smith are also going to be wearing 11 and 9 that's going to be really strange on the eye that's going to hurt to look at for a while that'll take some getting adjusted to (laughs) okay some other camp news herbert and josh allen supposedly look good as well news or noise because i i this camp stuff to me, it's all kind of noise until I see it with my own two eyes. But where are you at on this? I'm leaning noise, but I do say it is encouraging that these two young quarterbacks have more and more positive momentum. I think Herbert is going to have a monster season. He very well might be a top five, six, seven quarterback in the NFL already. I, I was blown away with what he did last year. And Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders is coming out here saying he's making passes he's never seen anyone make. Well, he's been a 12-year pro, played with Peyton Manning, played with Big Ben. I think that's... He had all of these guys with kind of dead arms, though. Yeah. Is what I, I mean, Ben had a little bit more left in the tank, but like when Peyton was with Sanders, you know, he didn't have much left. And then Breeze with Sanders, like Breeze had nothing in the tank. So I can't imagine how nice it is to have this young, big arm and Josh Allen who can actually yeah. air it out to you and put a little zip on it when he needs to. Right. I, I love Josh Allen. I think he might be the QB1 in fantasy this season. It's Ooh. it's certainly possible. They threw they throw the ball as much as anybody. They don't really like to run the ball. We saw this last year. The Diggs yeah. connection was insane. They didn't even have time to practice last season. And they're still running Josh Allen on the goal line. They're still letting him get out right. and scramble. So I'm interested to see if they try and cut that back this year. But regardless, I think he is absolutely in that top tier of fantasy QBs for sure. Yeah, it's it's preference at the top. So all right, next thing, Michael okay. Carter of the New York Jets. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. He's been taking snaps with the number ones. Is this news or noise? I think it's a little bit of both. From a fantasy perspective, if he does lock down that starting spot, yeah, that's news for sure. Because the Jets, unlike the last four, five, six, seven, eight years, I think there is some potential for them to really have some guys with fantasy value this year. Now, we'll see how Zach Wilson looks. We'll see how that offensive line looks. We'll see what the play calling looks like. Because I've just got to see it to believe it with the Jets. But if they are actually respectable and competitive, yes, a running back on this team will be worth rostering. And therefore, it is news. I think you had to throw like everyone is anchored to a line of thinking with the Jets. You had to throw that out the window completely this year. Because ah, to a degree. To a degree. 
Salah is a leader of men. They have a LaFleur brother running the offense. Like they're going to have that Shanahan McVay type of system. We'll see if they can execute it. That's the big thing because you do have these new coaches and some shiny new toys, but you've also got a bulk of guys that have been there and are used to flat out sucking. And I don't yeah. know how easy it is to just flip that switch and go, Hey, remember how bad you got your ass kicked every single time <laughs> playing on this field for the last two, three, four years. Yeah. It's all different now. Like I, mentally i feel like you're still putting on the same uniform you know maybe it takes yeah. a little bit of an adjustment so i'm thinking like back half of the season maybe even playing the waiver wire on some of these jets i think if they do figure it out they could be really strong second half players what i do know is that they drafted elijah vera tucker he's a beast they took becton last year that old line is improving Michael Carter is someone I'll be drafting in the late rounds of every single fantasy draft just as an upside play. Frank Gore is not there anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then one other note, take Elijah Moore as a sleeper as well. Okay. You heard it here first. Peter is very high on the New York Jets for the second straight season. Whatever. We'll Le'Veon Bell truther over there. I think you had the Jets as your pick to win that division last year in an article, if I remember. I said it was possible, but then <laughs> Mosley opted out. Adam Gase was still the coach. Darnold got mono. Yeah. Okay. Chris Jones has been playing some D-end at Chiefs camp. He's down 15 pounds. Is this news or noise? And a little bit of both on this one, too. I'll say noise until I see him actually playing defensive end in a game setting. We'll see what he does in the preseason. Because, I don't know, Frank Clark, how long plays. is he going to be out? What What's the deal there? I don't know what the Frank Clark situation is, and I don't because really. Because what I read said prison time, potentially, which I would yeah. think means he's not going to be playing football this year. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't have my criminal law degree, so I'm not going to comment too heavily on that. Um Another thing here out of camp, Xavier Howard sounds like he's really unhappy. I read a lot about it on Dolphins Twitter here. Is this news or noise in terms of his trade requests and demands? It's got to be news. He's one of the top corners in the league. Makes a lot of interceptions. Led the he, league last year. Yeah. Also, he's saying he doesn't feel valued, but he's like top five in average annual take-home pay. You know what it is? I don't get it. Oh, I get it. Byron Jones is making more money than him. And he thinks uh, he's the best player in the league in the secondary. And so in his mind, it's like, well, if you're not going to pay me as at least the highest paid corner on our own team, I'm worth more than that. If you don't even think I'm the best on our team, I'm going to go somewhere else where they're paying me like the, I'm the best or, you know, where I'll get the yeah. bag and be the, the number one corner type thing. It seems like an ego deal to me more than anything. I don't know what's gone on behind the scenes in terms of his talking with the front office and everything of that nature. But I think it's news because he's gone. Like from what I've read, he will never put on a Dolphins uni again. It's about finding the right package and what team the Dolphins are willing to sign off on sending him to. I think it's a bit ridiculous. Uh, that team is poised to be pretty solid next season. They have a good defense. I, and I just he don't balled understand. out in his role. Like why not yeah. run it back? You were just all pro and love the league interceptions. Clearly you're in a good situation. Yeah, definitely newsworthy because he is an awesome player. Okay, For next sure. up, Michael Thomas. Probably should have led with this. He's out four months, just had surgery on his ankle, which lingered 
issues lingered all of last season. This is this is 100% news. Yeah, there's, there's there's no way around that. And it's intriguing to me because one, why didn't this happen sooner? Like if if we knew this was a possibility, why would you not just get surgery as soon as the season ended? So, I don't really get that. I don't know if it was like a Scotty Pippen type deal. That's exactly what I thought summer. of. Yeah. I don't like, really know. I, I also maybe Michael Thomas, his whole thing was like, let me stick it out for breezes last year. And yeah. he feels like he did the Saints such a solid playing injured and he didn't end up really getting rewarded for it in terms of production and outcome team wise. So maybe at that point he was kind of like, screw it. I'm going to be selfish and do what's best for me and take some time off, then have surgery. But I don't really know because I thought he had a chance to have a really good year with Jameis at QB. And I was curious to see what kind of role he was going to play. Is he going to be the slant guy? Or are we going to see him going deep, maybe getting in his bag a little bit more and showing off more tools Expanding than... Expanding the route tree. Exactly. And I think with Jameis at QB, that's a very natural possibility, whether that's the plan or not. But I, Saints are eek. They're in trouble now. I mean, I don't I don't know who the heck Jameis is going to trust the ball with. I just I see a lot of interceptions here with out Jameis having a sure wide receiver one on this team there I don't know what the win total is on New Orleans but I would be looking heavily at the under this season they if it's I I would take under nine that's where I'm at I think they're 500 or below um fantasy wise though I don't want any pass catchers from this team there's been a lot of like Adam Troutman tight end breakout buzz now that he's the only real guy on I mean, their depth chart, I'm not only, listening to that. My only counter to that is if they do suck, you know, it's Jameis. He's going to throw the ball around. I know. There might be a lot of interceptions, but like someone has to catch it, you know? Yeah. Whether it's like Traquan Smith or I, I don't even Marquez, know really where to look. Marquez Callaway is a name you're going to hear. I'm just, I'm off them. And I know you are absurdly high on Kamara, even higher than McCaffrey. Yeah, Which, this hurts a little bit, though. I mean, they, they just went from, I mean, that's a top five wide receiver who you know can stretch the field, has sure hands. He's a bailout on third down. He's moving the chains. Yeah, yeah, he's a chain mover. Exactly. And now you lose that, and it's going to be so much easier for defenses to key in on Kamara and take him away, whether it's in the passing game or out of the backfield. So, yeah, this does hurt Kamara's stock a little bit, in my opinion. And the other thing that I've got with the Saints in terms of the pass catchers, don't draft any of them. Play the waiver wire because no one knows yeah, who it's going to be. It's it's going to be roulette with these guys, but one of them's going to be a winner. So just just wait and try and snag whoever the the front runner in terms of receptions is going to be on the waiver wire. On Camara, you're totally right. He's he's going to be the only player that opposing defenses have to key in on. Yeah, if, he, if I'm a defensive coordinator, he's the only guy I give a shit about on that Saints offense. Yeah, uh, that said. I imagine they'll use him in the passing game more, line him out wide a little bit. We know how good he is after the catch. But I I just don't, I don't know. I feel like he's a really risky first-round pick now. And I will also say give Latavius Murray a little bit of a bump because if Kamara is being used as a passer, you're going to see Murray out on the field more. He might have a little standalone value this year. Yeah, I, I don't know what the heck's going to go on because they just picked up Devonte Freeman too. So I don't know if this that, is insurance. We saw on him last year. He was yeah. He, he's about washed, but I, 
the backup running back usually has value in this system. So, you know, if Kamara goes down or something happens with Murray, I mean, I think there's a chance that Devontae Freeman for a week or two might be worth rostering. But I don't know. This this Saints team and offense in general just kind of feels meh to me right now. Saquon, Kamara, Zeke, all going in the first round without pause for most. I'm going to be hesitant to take those three. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm with you. Kamara, I felt way better about with Michael Thomas being presumably healthy. Yeah. And now I think I'd rather wait till the end of the first round for Kamara. I don't feel as good about pulling the trigger top three or four on him as I did last year. Yeah. All right. We went a little longer than expected on news or noise, but I have the football itch. So expect much more to come. We're going to be diving in heavily in the month ahead. For sure. All right, it is time. NBA draft superlatives. We got some really good ones for you guys today. Jackson, take it away. We're starting with the biggest jump in league pass rankings award. Yeah, so I imagine this team is going to come up a few times in these superlatives, but it's the Houston Rockets for me. And that's because they were absolutely last in the league on my league pass rankings last year. Like, who the hell in your right mind is going to get excited about watching the Houston Rockets or even go out of your way to watch them or even suffer through watching them playing literally anybody unless you bet on them. And you've got some type of other interest there. And now you add in Jalen Green, you add in Alperin Singun, you add in Usman Garuba. And some of these guys that I am naturally interested in seeing how they turn out, how they kind of function together. I mean, you still got Christian Wood there. You got Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate. Like there's a world where this team is actually pretty fun to watch and not necessarily because I think they'll be good, but because there's at least a lot of young talent there that I'm curious to see how their game translates to the NBA. So I think the Rockets jump from like 30 to probably 12 or 13 on my league pass rankings. Okay. So I'm going to jump in and say my picks for this aren't necessarily like how many spots they moved. It's just like who I have at the top. Okay. Well, then in that case, the Hornets also moved up a whole heck of a lot. Okay. I already liked watching them a lot last year. Yes. All right. Houston was my number two behind Charlotte. Okay. I also have OKC, Atlanta, and Brooklyn on there, but I'm not going to get into those. Okay. Houston, though. Got to give some love to Josh Christopher, too. I'm really high on him. I think he's going to carve a role as a defender first. I'm least excited about him, but yeah, he is for there. sure. I'm just giving him love. Um, they they hit a home run in this draft. Like draft Twitter yeah. loves it. Analytics people love it because Shangun is the number one analytics guy. And then Garuba. on the flip, Garuba, who's 18, that's a defensive specimen, can switch yes. on anyone, handle the ball, great in transition. Like they're the best of both worlds there. Like one of those bigs surely will pan out, and they're two of the biggest international prospects. I've seen discourse saying that they don't think Garuba and Shangun can play together. I think that's ludicrous. Why Sangoon, would they not be able to? As long as he, one of them can knock down jump shots. Yeah. Well, Shangun can play the five, and then Garuba can just roam on defense. He's They're not going to go to him to score at all. He's going to shoot open threes and play in the dunker spot. And facilitate but, a little bit. Like He, he might be a, a miniature kind of dumbed down version of the Bam out of bio role. But yeah, like he's not going to, he doesn't need touches. This is a guy that does the little things and that's where his value right. comes from. Yeah. I mean, he's going to fly around. Shangun has this really fun 
back to the basket craftiness to him. And then you're going to have absolute buckets from Jalen Green and KPJ, like 100% with you there. Charlotte, though, that is my pick. Yeah. They get Book Knight. They get our guy Kai Jones at 19, mm-hmm. traded a future pick to move up um, and get New York's pick there. Are they we we haven't we have to make a nickname for them. Lob City 2.0. I was thinking the Oop group. We can do better than that. We the can Oop do better group? than that. Is that um, have any legs? Is that corny? I don't know. I, I feel like there's something that's gonna come with Book Knight's last name that him and LaMelo Ball, there's going to be some type of like sex land combo, something. <laughs> Something's coming here. I, I I can feel it. Like uh, Ball night. <laughs> I was going to say like something stupid corny, like the Knights of something. Because you got LiAngelo there now, too, on the Summer League team. Oh, what? I didn't see that. Yeah, there's no, there's a big push now of like, what if the Hornets get Lonzo, too, and blah, 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 and hey. bring LeVar in as an assistant coach. They don't need any. They don't need any additional guards. Um, I will say they just they're not bringing Malik Monk back. Looks like right. they might try and bring Detay back. What, what's the scoop on him? Because is he a restricted free agent, and then Monk is unrestricted, right? Because they didn't extend the qualifying offer to Monk. Monk is now an unrestricted free agent. Okay, that's what I thought. Devonte is restricted, and I imagine he's going to take the biggest bag he can get. It's his first time to get life changing, first opportunity to get life changing money. Yeah, here. other than like the two or three million that Bill Self probably paid him to go to KU, but right, um, right. yeah. So I, I think here the big thing is how big is the bag, and then is Charlotte willing to match? I think that's all that there is to this. Like if it's only eight or nine mil a year, that's the best he gets. Charlotte will absolutely match, I imagine. But what do you think his market is? Because you just kind of threw that number out. And I think he could get anywhere from much. I think you get anywhere from five mil a year to 15 mil a year. If you've got a desperate young team with a bunch of cap space that thinks like, hey, let's just put him on a four year, $58 million deal. And we'll see how good it turns out to be because he's still (laughs) early to mid 20s and see what happens. Maybe we can trade him down the road in a year or two. Maybe they give him a Terry Rozier bag. They're not hesitant to give it out to scoring guards. I think he's almost in the Talon Horton Tucker group of restricted guys where it's like, maybe just pay him because he's young and overpay thinking that as the salary cap goes up and the back half of his deal, he ends up having a really good value and can be a nice trade asset for you. I was thinking upper range, probably 12. But anyways, the Hornets, they're going to be able to throw out LaMelo, James Booknight, Hayward, Miles Bridges, and Kai Jones at the same time. You have, I mean, every one of those guys can throw down lobs. Yeah. It's it's going to be electric. I think most of the time you're going to have Kai Jones next to PJ Washington too, you know, playing as your front court. And I think that's a really good compliment to each other. PJ Washington is not quite as athletic, not quite as quick, a little bit more almost like methodical, but he has those flashes where he can reject a shot. He can knock down a three. Like there's still a lot there with PJ. And I think Kai Jones is a great compliment to him. Kai's a little bit more of a high flyer. That's going to be rejecting shots a mile in the air, throwing down the lobs and three ball. Isn't quite as good as PJ's I feel like, but they can both space it. And I think they could be a really fun front court combination there. They also added JT Thor with the 37th pick. Versatile, 6'10", big from some Auburn. Some people are really high a on him. Bit. Yeah, some yeah, people are I really mean, high he, on him. Big, a lot of people loved him in the early second round. So, yeah, they're going to be awesome. Next award. Yes. 
the Wendy's four for four award for the best value slash biggest steal in the draft. Who you got for me? Well, you got to start with Cam Thomas at 27 to the Nets. I think you'd be stupid if you didn't. This guy put over <laughs> 20 points a game up his freshman season, his team. I, I heard some people saying like good stats, bad team guy. LSU wasn't any good. Did nobody watch March uh, uh, Madness? Like LSU almost beat Michigan and made a very big run. Like they yeah, were, they, they were, were very good. good. They won the SEC. They might not have had a million regular season wins, but at the end of the year when it mattered, they balled. Cam Thomas balled. He made some big shots, keeping them in that Michigan game when it looked like Michigan was going to start to run away with it. And I think at 27, everyone whether you are low on him high on him everyone had him going before then and the fact that he gets to go play with the nets where he is going to be wide open incredibly (laughs) often because people are going to be more worried about james harden kyrie irving and kevin durant and even blake griffin and all the others that potentially will be there around the big three this dude could go put up 15 to 20 game with his eyes closed because he was (laughs) going to be so wide open and not have to do anything to get his own shot He's going to get a lot of good looks because of that. I mean, the shots he took in college were mostly really difficult. So, yeah, yeah. there's something to that. I think he's going to come in and take that Spencer Dinwiddie role. I agree with you. I think maybe he lacks a little bit of the creation that you would want in that role that Dinwiddie had. Well, he's a score when- first himself. Yeah, he is definitely more score first, but he could also have eight or nine assists and you wouldn't be just absolutely shocked. But I do think with Cam Thomas, you have three of the greatest scorers and shooters in the game around you. It should be a lot easier to add that playmaking for others to your bag because if you penetrate and you get doubled, it's not like college where you're the best player out there and it's like, I still have the best opportunity to score with a double team on me. If you get doubled Mm -hmm. in the NBA and you could kick it out to James Harden, Kevin Durant, or Kyrie Irving in the corner, that is a free assist. Yeah, and Joe (laughs) Harris. Thank you. Free assist. So... I've got him there at 27 as my best value slash biggest steal. And then two honorable mentions I got. Wait, my, let me get mine first before. Oh, okay. I was going to rattle it. the last two off. I hope I didn't steal them. These are no. two of the guys I was going to name. He's got to be Jared Butler. Yeah, Jared Butler and Miles McBride. I mean, the fact that they fell to the second round, like, holy shit. Yeah. Jared Butler at 40 to Utah. Get the hell out of here. I had him at 14 in my personal mock draft. I put out the day of the draft. He's a bucket. He fits perfectly in Utah. They love the 40% three-point shooters. They have those secondary playmaker types with Mitchell and Ingles. He's going to fit that role really well. He's, He's kind of a Utah guy, too. I mean... I think there's a very real chance that if they don't bring Mike Conley back in free agency, he winds up being that guy that's kind of not in the starting lineup, but almost like the the secondary facilitator behind Donovan Mitchell. And I I think Butler and Clarkson will play together and Clarkson will kind of be the let me go get buckets and, you know, score, fill it up myself role. And Butler will be the let me facilitate for others and kind of get our offense running role. I think it'll be a nice compliment to each other. He's nasty in the catch and shoot as well. Um, And I I would say he's going to be like a, or Conley's the bridge. He'll back him up for the rest of Conley's career. Then he'll take that starting job in a few years. Yeah. And I think the way Conley plays is very similar to how Butler plays. And that's kind of, yeah, Conley's like left-handed, but I think Butler, if his career were to be absolutely perfect and all things were go right, he winds up being like a Mike Conley. We'll I think that's how, about where his ceiling is. We'll see how his pick and roll game develops because that's, I mean, that's huge with what Utah does. 
Absolutely. I know we have top second rounder on here, so like do you want to spit your other guys out or I don't I don't need to spit my other guys out. Like we know who my top second rounders were. Jared Butler (laughs) and Miles McBride. Okay. The E Harmony Match Made in Heaven Award goes to the best player team fit. I didn't go at the top of the board here. Who did you come away with? Man, we already talked about it. I went Kai Jones because I really like his really? fit. I like his fit next to PJ Washington. And I think playing with a guy like LaMelo will make the game a whole lot easier for him because he played with some decent guards at Texas, but he never played with guys that were dime droppers, guys that were going to get Kai Jones four or five so automatic much. buckets. Like if he's running the pick and roll with LaMelo, LaMelo is going to throw him some lobs that literally are automatic two points in the bank he doesn't have to do anything and he didn't have as much of that as texas as he probably should have with his skill set and i also think guys like book Knight there that can create and are high flyers it's going to be easier for kai jones to get open looks he's not going to have to try and do as much himself as he did at texas where there would be times where he kind of would get the ball in the perimeter and try and i don't know how much he's going to play as a rookie really i I think he's going to get 15 to 25 minutes a night I think there's a chance he could be their starting five. Not to start the year. There's no way. They do, they traded for Plumlee. I do think that was a nice little pickup as a rotation big. He'll probably start at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I imagine it will be like the he starts and plays the first five minutes and then plays like eight more minutes in the third quarter, and that's all uh, he gets. And I think we'll those see. are small with PJ a lot, and I think Kai and PJ will get a lot of run together. And of all the places Kai Jones could have gone, I think this is the best fit. You also got a veteran guy there in Gordon Hayward. And there are just so many guys on that team that can pass the ball well that I think it's almost the opposite of Texas where they didn't really have any any dudes that play made for others. Whereas on the Hornets, like three or four guys, that's their strength is playmaking for other people. That's intriguing. That was not mine. Um, Okay. I want to go with two guys, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones of the New Orleans I knew you were going to go Murphy. I have to do this because that's exactly where I had him in my mock. So, I mean, he just fits exactly what they need. They don't need someone who's going to come in and try to someone who's just going to pound the rock. All he's going to do is spot up, shoot really well and defend like he's has a very clearly defined role. And I just love him next to Zion there. He's going to space the floor, which they desperately need. They do need that. And with Ingram there, too. How much he dribbles the ball. You don't need another dribbler. Like right. you really don't. Ideally, we want Zion dribbling the ball more and Ingram less. We don't need to add in another guy who's going to be dribbling a bunch and where he, you know, creates the bulk of his value. Still think they should trade Ingram. But then oh, Herb I Jones. Completely agree. They sucked at defense. Now they get a Swiss Army knife who's going to guard everybody. I love it. I love like what that the Pelicans well. did. Yeah. I, I'm not like head over heels ready to call a friend and tell him about how great the Pelicans did in the draft. Sure. But I think but they, they got did better. Solid. I also think that they won that trade with Memphis. And you know what? Let's uh, just, yeah. let's just get to biggest reach here. You know, you call it the Max Kellerman. I want Iguodala award. <laughs> That's what I got here with Zaire Williams. Okay. I think that was moving up for him. One, I think was stupid. I think if he falls to you where you were at, at 17, awesome. If he doesn't no sweat off our back. I also don't like Steven Adams over Valanchunas. I love the big Kiwi, but I don't think that makes a ton of sense, especially with how good Valanchunas was for that team last year. I mean, there were, there were stretches of the year where he was really the MVP of the team and not John Morant. 
And yeah. guys who like really watch basketball all year long know that. Um, shout out to Chris Vernon because he was hammering that home trying to tell people like Valanchunas is actually good. Y'all really don't good. understand. Yeah, he is good. So I don't know what Memphis is doing, but they haven't missed in the draft in a very long time. So that kind of makes me wonder if that has something to do with it because they're sort of stacked everywhere. Like they're really deep across the board. And I don't think anybody that they added at 10 or 17 was going to be a huge help. But there were guys that could definitely have an impact their rookie season, whereas Zaire Williams, I don't think, is going to have an impact till like his third or fourth season, maybe. Like he might be a G League guy right away. So that that's my biggest reach. And then following him was primo to the Spurs at twelve. Wait, let me let me Both in on those. this Zaire discussion. Yeah, hit Zaire first, then we'll get to Primo. Puzzling. You're you're hitting it right on the head. Are they taking a step back? Because I think the Grizzlies got worse from the JV trade. And then, yes, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because of their recent draft success. But Williams was honestly bad at Stanford. Like it was tough to watch. Like yes. I chose not to watch Stanford games sometimes because it was so painful to try and see this guy play acting like it was high school when he was supposed to be this top dog that was going to be a lottery pick. And he was like a fish out of water. I mean, he looked like he had never played basketball before at certain <laughs> stretches. Like he was terrible. Yeah, just strange. I definitely feel the same way about them moving up. My um, only other thing on it would be maybe they know he is so far from being able to help that they won't have to extend him. You know, we saw the big buzz with Atlanta and getting too many guys along the same timeline when their rookie deal runs up and you have to pay them all. Maybe they know that this is a guy that they can kind of stash for a few years. The potential is there. And then after his rookie deals up, they can really start letting him run. And maybe they can get him on like a Lou Dort-esque contract. No or you're way. not having, I mean, not, not quite this to that extent. Sierra Canyon. You got you know, LeBron tweeting about him. He's supposed saying, to be a big deal. I'm not saying 6 million over four years, but I'm saying you might get away with giving him like a three year, 12 or $13 million extension versus a guy like, I don't know, Dylan Brooks that comes in and contributes right away. And he has this short rookie deal. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, we're going to have to pay him 15, 16, 17 million a year to keep him around. I don't know because they're just so deep everywhere. They, they gotta be doing like there must be a plan here, you know. Like they yeah. wouldn't just do this for the hell of it. Well, Bledsoe is likely going to get moved before ever playing a game there. Um, for sure, their, their front court would be massive with Williams, Triple J, and I guess Adams. Like that is giant. I don't think Williams plays at all while Stephen Adams is there. I think. I don't know, man. No, he's going to play next year for sure. You think Zaire Williams will actually play? Yes. He's I a 10th overall more. pick. He's going to get on the floor. Look How at their much? Roster. I don't Look know. Look at their roster and tell me who he's better than. Even the guys like Trey Jones and Grayson Allen coming off the bench, they are nice. so much further ahead of where he is right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Those role oh, players yeah, are really sure. good. I just don't see, unless they are tanking and taking a step back where it's like, we know we can't win this year. Let's just develop our guys. But I don't think that's the case, especially he's after not gonna they start or anything, but he's going to see the floor a little bit. I think he's I mean, more likely to wind up in the G league than he is him? playing. You think this guy is ready to play? No, but I'm saying he's going to so play get, him. 
He's going to get 10, 15 minutes a night. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on this one, but okay. I'd, I'd be willing to bet you he does not average more than five minutes a game on the season and winds up playing more time in the G League than he does in the NBA. Before Primo, they also drafted Santi Aldama at 30. He was a second rounder on most people's boards. This is I didn't even Spaniard. know who he was. He can really play. He He played professionally, came to college at Loyola, Maryland, he was thinking about going back to Europe to play professionally if the draft experts, you know, weren't giving him great feedback. But I heard OKC really liked him. Go and figure. I think that's why that Memphis traded up for him. So that's another guy to watch. He put up 20 and 10 in the Patriot League as a I heard sophomore. Similar thinking on the Zaire Williams pick that the Thunder must have told him. Same thing with uh same thing with Primo. A lot of people were saying like, yeah, let's do the Primo. Thunder, Thunder there at 16 and 18. Surely they promised these guys. And that's why, you know, San Antonio would have taken him at 12 instead of trading back, which even if that were the case, you could still move back to 15. And I think pick up an asset, even if it's a second round pick, like blows my mind. And I think the Spurs get a little bit of leeway because they're the Spurs and they have championships not too long ago, but this was a terrible pick. Like this was the the Daniel Jones, you know, Josh Primo. He went this early pick. Like he was the youngest player in the draft. That needs to be taken into account. Yeah, he's eighteen. Sure, he's moldable. They can turn him into whatever he wants. But you took him at twelve. Like <laughs> you took him in the lottery. This is a project with no floor, and I don't even know how high the ceiling is. I don't know, you know what, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how high his ceiling is. They had to have thought that somebody was going to take him. It would have been a very OKC thing to do. Or they just 18. didn't give a shit. They just didn't didn't read the mocks, didn't want to hear any intel, and I don't decided think any, this is our guy. I don't think front offices read mocks. They talk to people, but they you don't You would be surprised. It. I've heard a lot of people say they kind of use it as like a measuring stick of where people are at. And... I can't remember who it was. I heard somebody say that in their front office, they had told everyone you're no longer allowed to m- look at mocks because they didn't want to have stuff kind of in the back of their mind. Like, ah, uh, you know, yeah. Like they, they didn't want to be subjective. Like I had this guy at 20, but he's mocked everywhere at 10. I'm going to move him up to 15. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, people look like it, it's, it's out there for a reason that it weird though, man, I don't get it. Like I have no explanation for this one. Vague theories is all I've got. All of my intel said that Primo was going to be a lottery pick if he returned to school. So I think the Spurs are just getting a year ahead of it, and they value him. He can shoot it well. He can score. He played well at the Combine, apparently. But I don't get what the Spurs are doing at all. They have all these guys like Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker, now Joe Camp. How, like what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, there's no timeline. There's not really any fit among those guys. But my thing is, when it comes to like DeJounte Murray and Derek White, maybe their plan here is kind of like what I mentioned with Zaire Williams. Like, let's get a young guy that isn't going to be 
ready to be maxed out when his rookie deal is up because we're not ready to win right now anyway. So let's not put ourselves in a position where we've got to shell out a bunch of money to all of these guys, including Keldon and everyone else to keep them there. So let's get a guy that can help us in a few years when we're closer to that championship window that we can get on a bargain deal potentially. Because if he's still only playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night when his rookie deal's almost up, you could probably give him like a three-year, $35, $40 million extension versus if he's kind of balling at the end of his rookie deal like a Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and then all of a sudden you're looking at, shit, we got to pay him the max. What does that do to our timeline? Does that just handcuff us in a free agency perspective in the sense of how we want to draft in the future? So maybe it's just to give themselves flexibility. I don't know. I think DeRozan's gone. Patty Mills probably gone. For sure. I don't know what the direction is for San Antonio. One other reach. Pop is potentially gone before too much yeah, longer, depending, yeah. especially on how these Olympics go. If they get bounced in the Olympics, Pop might be ready to just call it in the next season or so. Yeah. All right. I had, heat. I had Quentin Grimes as a bit of a reach, too. I, I agree mean, on that. Happy for him. But I think that New York media is going to be tough on him. I mean, he couldn't handle KU. He went back home. He's from Houston. Like, I don't know about him. Like, he might he might be good. He defends and he shoots well. I'm Thibodeau will value that. But I just did not like that. I thought there were better players on the board. Yeah, he must have had some really good workouts and some interviews with him or something. He had the best game at the Combine of anybody. That makes sense. Drop like 20. I, I still didn't see him mocked in the first round anywhere, like up until the yeah. draft. I, I never even saw him in the first round. So we'll see. But I do think the Knicks did a nice job recovering in the second round with some of those other picks, including Miles McBride. So yes. I'm not going to be too hard on the Knicks. Um, yeah. Let's go to most intriguing here. Who is someone that kind of is maybe, you know, a little bit of a question mark? You're kind of curious on them or the pick didn't make sense. Who do you got here for most intriguing? Maybe it was a head scratching pick and you're like, what the fuck? Like they took him there. I got two options, but I'm going to go with the Clippers first. Okay. They're intriguing in a good way though, right? In a great way. Okay. Clippers, oh boy, BJ Boston. <laughs> the Clippers come out, they get Keon Johnson, the, the draft's best athlete. Yeah. They trade up for him. I love, I love that upside pick for them. I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. He's going to defend. He's not going to have to score. Cool. Perfect. And then Jason Preston, they trade up to get early in the second round. I'm starting to think he's going to be one of these guys where like, man, like, why weren't we higher on him? He should have been a first round guy. Yeah, I I tried to get all on board with him going into the tournament and the Ohio storyline and everything. And maybe it's just because I only watched him in the tournament and I didn't go take time to watch him play full regular season games outside of that. But I I wasn't that impressed. I feel like he was a little bit slow and a little bit weak. And no matter how good of a shooter he is, no matter how good his work ethic is, I don't know if he's got the athleticism to be able to succeed in the league. He's, he's like six, seven point guard can really pass awesome feel for the game, filled up the stat sheet. You got to put in context the fact that he played at Ohio. He's going to have, floor spacers all over the place in LA. Like I just like the fit. They do this tall small ball lineup 
with like Terrence Mann, PG. You could throw Preston out there. They they needed another playmaker. I think it's very intriguing. And then to get BJ Boston at fifty one, I mean that's just good value. He's got upside. I like what they did. Okay, you said something nice about BJ Boston. I can live with it. I think uh, they kind of took this year as like. If Kawhi's not back, we know we can't win anything. You know, like last year we kind of had a chance and it's just clear we don't have enough with the way our roster's composed to compete without Kawhi. So let's just add these young guys and kind of have a what the hell year and see what happens. Yeah, they definitely did not go for like win now picks, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. All right. Who do you got? First, I got the Kings. All right. This is my other one. Obviously, this is where it's coming, but... I liked it. I saw a lot of people pooping and pissing and farting on this pick. And, well, you've already got Fox. You've already got Halliburton. How many times do we see bad teams make the mistake of drafting for fit instead of just taking the best available player and realizing basketball is positionless? You throw some dogs out there that can score and defend, and you're in a lot better shape than taking some wing or forward at eight or nine because he has high upside and the mocks tell you to because he's a better fit you know what I mean like Davion Mitchell is going to contribute you sucked on defense last year you have a culture problem he helps the culture he will defend okay he can also create for others so what are you losing by bringing him in because worst case scenario you get one of the best backup point guards in the league that can make sure your second unit isn't just getting blown out of the water every time you take Fox out of the game He's a winner, that's for sure. He he can change the culture there. Yes, I I agree. I love the pick. Like I just think he's going to be an awesome player. There's that story about how Donovan Mitchell, you know, he blew up his rookie year and people asked him like how did it happen? He said, "I've never been able to just dedicate all my time to basketball." Davion Mitchell gets compared to Donovan I think that's why he should be compared to Donovan. He, I mean, he's a film junkie. He's already in the ears of Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. Like this he's guy wants to be great. He's going to work his ass off. It makes me wonder though, are they going to trade De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons? I don't think it'd be for or Ben Simmons. Or is Buddy Hield gone? Because but... they got to they got to create some space for Davion. I do think it was a bad pick if they don't expand his role. I mean, they just traded DeLon Wright. They got to open up some opportunity. Clearly, they have a plan here. And I think part of it is maybe not like uh, we got to act right now. But I think they probably see the writing on the wall that Fox isn't going to want to stick around forever if they can't start winning. And his value in terms of, you know, as a trade asset, it might not ever get any higher than it is right now. So I think they have obviously considered the possibility that Fox is dealt by the trade deadline, depending on how this year goes. But at the same time, I don't think there's any reason that these two guys couldn't play together because Fox is strong enough now and long enough that he can guard twos. And if he has to get switched onto a three or guard a three for a while, it's not the end of the world, depending on who it is. Now, you probably don't want him guarding Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard, but I think he could hold his own in a, a switchable sense to the point where he can't just get picked on and exposed out there. And then same thing for Halliburton and same thing for Mitchell. Yeah, Halliburton can guard threes if he needs to. I expect him to be a little bit beefed up going into next year. He's a heady player. He's smart. He's never just going to get torched. And then Davion out there, he can guard any one or two. I don't care if a two has five inches on him. With his toughness 
and his physicality and how thick he is. Yes. You are not going to be able to bully this guy. You know, I, I think that they're one through three. You could play them together. You could play Halliburton, Fox and Mitchell and they okay, could just C switch everything. CP, Shea and Schroeder. It was and had one, one, of, of, the the best, mo- was one of the best plus minuses lineups. in the league. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's doable. People that are like, oh, Phoenix tried it 10 years ago with Isaiah Thomas and Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe and it didn't work like, yeah, that was 10 years ago. Like it, the league has changed, you know, you got to adapt. <laughs> yeah, the people talk about the three guard thing and how it won't work. It worked in OKC, and I know a lot of people didn't watch it because it was small market OKC in a year. They were expected to be bad, but firsthand, we saw fun. it. It works. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I can't wait to see him and Tyrese on the floor together at the same time. Like They definitely got a little league pass bump, and they were already on there. Agreed. Agreed. All right. The Malcolm Brogdon Award. Most likely rookie of the year outside the top five picks. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a few. Okay, I have one. All right, Shangun, number one, without a doubt. Uh, he didn't even make my board. I mean, MVP like, not, of his not league. Even my top five when I put it all together, like not, not even on my radar. He is, he's so ready. Like he played against pros, putting up twenty a game. This guy could be a stud. I think offensively he's ready, but I, we've argued on this a lot. I think he's going to have a hard time defensively making the adjustment. But then again, he's playing in Houston, where there's going to be a very big runway to get minutes, get touches. Like there's nobody really in front of him, and no reason for him not to play a lot. So I think I he that. should start next to Wood. Someone that I feel kind of similar about is Josh Giddy in Oklahoma City. I don't know if he's necessarily going to start right this. away, but I just think in terms of outside the top five, this is a guy that's going to be on a not great team with some decent people around him. You know, having Shea and Dort and some of these other guys there, Giddy's going to be able to create, run the pick and roll. He's going to kind of be able to get in his bag and not have the pressure of don't make a mistake because we're trying to win games. I think it's going to be encouraged. Like, Hey man, let's make sure we get you X amount of touches. We want you to take this many threes a game. You know, if he works and he fits with this team, he's going to be on that all rookie team. You had to factor in role with these guys. I, does Giddy start? I think he does. I think he does. I think he does. And I'm going to spitball my, my OKC Presti theory. He was here number two on my list, actually. Interesting. Okay. We talked about this draft night. And I'm to the point now where I think what the plan is for Presty, I think he's building out a team of role players and guys that are championship caliber with high upside. And he's not drafting for stars right now. I think he's drafting for guys Whoa. that are solid players. Role players with championship upside. What are you saying? I'm saying guys that can play on a championship team and contribute, but not guys that are going to be the best player on a championship team. Somebody like, not exactly this type of example, but like a, a Cam Johnson with a little higher upside and younger I, timeline. Like that that type of guy. Like Shea. I think Shea you can is, say that about the other two picks. I think Giddy can be a like a legit star. That's why you I took think, him a six. I think he was drafted to be a creator and a guy that can be a starter on a championship team. But I think the yes. plan here is not to go cash in these draft picks for better draft picks. You know what I'm saying? Like not cash in seven to move up for Cade. I think the plan is pinpoint a guy or two in each draft we really like. 
that we think can be either starting or coming off the bench on our championship team. And then in a year or two, when we see that, hey, Shea is there, look at the strides Poku's making. He's almost there. Giddy can create for anyone. He's knocking down threes. He's there. And then before we put them all on their max deals, I know Shea's coming, but everyone else isn't there yet. Before we get all of those guys on their max deals and we go way into the luxury tax, we take all of these picks and we say, hey, New Orleans, y'all can't win anything. Zion's unhappy. How do you like 13 huh. first round picks for him? Or, you know, to whoever, whether it's Jalen Brown, whoever the young guy right. is that's a superstar, we get two of them. Because we're going to have close to 20 first round picks, I imagine, by the time we're ready to make that kind of trade. You offer 12 or 13 for one, you offer six or seven for the other, and all of a sudden, you have all of these young role guys that are really good and have played a lot of minutes for OKC. They have good chemistry. They know each other. They're tight. They know their role. Then you add in these superstars that take us to that next level and complement these role guys. And I think that is the plan. I don't think we're trying to draft a million guys. I don't think we're even trying to consolidate draft picks for better draft picks. I think we are trying to get the infrastructure there. We're trying to get the role and glue guys and a couple starters. And then we're going to take some massive, massive swings on the trade market when we get the next super unhappy superstar. Like when, when the Zion things hit, it's a breaking point. Expect OKC to be the first person knocking on the door. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they they had their guy in this draft, and it was giddy. I mean, I do think, yes, he'll start. Similar case for Shangun. Like, he had a really big role on a professional team already. He's going to come in and ball. That's for sure. Um, okay. We shall see. I, I, I mean, let's just touch on the other OKC picks while we're on this, okay? Trey Mann. Jeremiah yeah. Robinson Earl and Aaron you're, Wiggins. You're not I gonna don't like this, understand but... it at all. So you just laid out this case for what Presti's doing. Yeah. Why are we drafting role players when we aren't even close to getting there? Like give them a trial run and see who they are. I, I think the plan with I don't know why you don't just take Shangoon or Kai Jones. Or I agree, Garuba, one of these guys with huge upside. I agree, but Giddy saw, or excuse me, Presti saw something in these guys, and I think Giddy is the guy he pinpointed as like the starter, the guy that could be the starter in our star, championship caliber team. Star. You got to say star, not starter. I'm being realistic here. Uh, being realistic, I think he's a starter. We'll see if he can be a star. But then these other guys, I think we know that they're never going to start for us. But maybe they could be someone that plays 15, 20 minutes a night. You think Robinson Earl could? So I, I like him. I, I mean, I I was totally okay with that move. I think he could be a nice small ball five for us. But so I'm I'm talking myself into all of these for sure. I'm looking at Trey Mann, best floater in the class probably. Have really you to good. His SoundCloud though. No, nah, really good pick and roll player. And he shoots over 40% and can get his own shot. Like, those are three skills that translate 100%. I mean, yeah, and like he's got Presti a good identified, He identified these three guys for a reason. Now, yeah. I, exactly as to what that reason is, I couldn't tell you. But it's not like he just put these names in a hat, shook up the hat, and pulled them out. I was like, oh, let's take Wiggins. Let's go trade up for Robinson early, you know, and let's, uh, let's take Trey Mann in the middle of the first. Like, there's a plan in place. And I think when... 
you look back on the previous drafts when he had all these assets and what we came away with in terms of Harden, Duran, and Westbrook, I think we got to have a little bit of faith here. Like, this all isn't going to happen overnight either. I've heard people complain and bitch and moan about like, OKC just keeps adding the first round picks. So they just going to keep Presti's job for 15 years and <laughs> keep doing like it's been one year. OK, we, like we think Presti been... has this master plan, but in reality, he's just trying to keep his job, job security. I've heard people yeah. joke about that, too. But keep in mind, like this isn't going to happen overnight. We knew it was going to take years. Right. Give it another couple years. Like, it was this is what it is. It was just disappointing thinking we're going to take these huge swings at 16 and 18 and we take a 6-3 guard. Like, we have Kimba. We have Ty Jerome. We took Maladon last year. Where are the minutes? Where are the minutes? I, I know that I know Kimba's probably going to be gone before the season starts. Or they're, we can just start actively... five guards or, or four guards in Poku and just tank it up to the max. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying. And Giddy is obviously a guard like i can't wait to see the sga dort giddy pokoshevsky lineup that is going to be must watch television um yeah i agree robinson earl he kind of reminds me of al horford i agree i think he's kind of methodical he knows how to play he knows his strengths he's gonna hit the boards Good at everything, not great at anything. (laughs) Exactly. Solid jumper. There is nothing that is going to make you go holy shit when you watch him, but there's also nothing that you're going to go holy shit in a bad way. Like, what is he doing? Or like, what is this massive hole in his game? Like, he's solid all the way around. He's got a little Bobby Portis to him, I'd say. Like, he's going to be able to shoot it. Swinging on teammates? You think he's got a big right hook? No. Similar game. But, yeah, no, I think think he'll... You know, probably play a decent amount next. He season. might start this year. We don't have we don't Honestly. have a five. Like, and like, we don't really have a four. I also want to bet on Nova guys. I mean, they're just winning players. So yeah, I'm, and I I'm think big on that. At the absolute worst, he's a good culture guy that can play five to ten minutes a night on a really good team. You know, like he can contribute a little bit on the court and will absolutely contribute off the court at the worst. So that's where I'm All at right. with him. Okay, let's do all rookie team. Okay, I'm going to run through mine real quick. And I have Giddy as a center on here. I know you're going to hate that. Don't, I'm, don't worry about position. All right, well, if we're just going five then, I go Suggs, Green, Cade, Giddy, Mobley. You know what? I'll, I'll keep Mobley in there. Let's do that. Suggs, Green, Cade, Mobley, and... Giddy. I was going to take Mobley out and <laughs> move some stuff around. Six. Yeah, I I think these guys are also on really bad teams that are going to play a lot. Like, I would love to put McBride or Moody in there as bad as I want to, but I just don't realistically think the minutes and the touches will be there. Okay. Um, I tried to, like, add a little spice to it because of that. Suggs, Cade, and Green are locks. Like, unless one of them gets hurt, they will all three be there just due to the fact that they're going to be handling the ball on bad teams. Cade, okay, here's mine. And I have a short list of guys that just missed a cut. Okay. Because it never shakes out where it's just like the top five picks. It never happens. You um, get one or two deep guys Eric in there. Pascal but the other, like two years ago, you know. That was a bad draft. I feel like this is a much, much more stout draft with some of these guys that are just no brainers. They're going to be really good. Like last year, you know, you had LaMelo 
You had Anthony Edwards, you had Halliburton, whereas I saw them and some would say Wiseman. He wasn't, eh. but like some of these guys were going to be on that all rookie team for sure. Yeah, you know, like three n- no matter what obvious. way you cut it. That's kind of how I feel about this rookie team. Okay. I got Cade, Jalen Green for sure. Had to throw my boy Duarte out there. Doug McDermott's going to be gone in Indy. I wanted to, but I just don't know if he'll put up more than 12 or 13 a game. I, I think that's about the max. Um, Suggs, although I would argue he could miss it because they do have so many guards. I don't. I just don't know how that's going to shake out. And then Shangoon, like I'm telling you, I love this dude. I think he's going to be really good. Oh man, I couldn't disagree more. I can't wait to see what happens with him. Cannot right. wait to see what happens. No Mobley there. No Mobley. Like I do think, I do think Mobley could make it. But... I'm also. I'm just yeah. not so sure. Like we saw Wiseman have a really tough rookie year. They do have Jared Allen there. I, I'm saying that they're going to re-sign him. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Slow. I think in this sense, though, the Cavs at least suck, whereas the Warriors were playing for something. Yeah. So it was kind of like, how much run do we give Wiseman if he isn't isn't really helping us in a sense? Whereas with Mobley, it's like. Eh, he's a project. We're going to be asked for a few years anyway. Let's just leave him out there and, you know, let him accumulate the the rebounds and the points. But he doesn't quite stuff the stat sheet as a big, whereas sometimes he kind of contributes and stuff that isn't popping up, you know, on the stat sheet. He's not a guy that was scoring 30 points and putting up 15 rebounds in college. So I could see him missing all rookie team. I, I think of the ones I've got on there, he's the one I'm least sure of. Okay, I'm going to read you my short list real quick. Give me like a real short response to each one. All right, I'll give you thumbs up or thumbs down on each. Giddy. Thumbs up. I've got him in mind. You know that. Book night. Thumbs down because I think with Rozier there still, his role won't be huge. Okay. Kispert. Thumbs down because they've got Bertans already and some other. They got Kuzma there too. It's too crowded. Too crowded. Bones Highland, Jamal Murray's out. Think of him and Jokic are going to do go, some fun stuff. I'm going to go thumbs down there because they also have Composa, who they'll play some, and they've got Monte Morris. I don't that's know how not, big his that's role not a very is stiff be. competition. Is it's my not, point. It's not, but I think Murray will be back halfway through the year, or so and maybe like an all rookie team I could see, but not first team. Cam Thomas. I wanted to put him on mine and I'm going to go thumbs up just because I think he's going to get a lot of open looks. He's another guy though. Wouldn't put him on the first team, but absolutely would bet on him making an all rookie team. Robinson Earl. Uh, think about it, bro. I think There's going to be an opportunity. Yeah, it's plausible. It's, it's okay. within the realm of possibility. Herb Jones. No, he doesn't put up points. No way. Jared Butler. Down on that. That's it. Ah, <sighs> Thumbs down on that. Defense, I don't think there's scores. enough. I don't think there's enough game time there, especially since Utah is going to be. Yeah, but Utah's going to be looking to make the finals. They're they're not going to leave room for growth. I think he can play right there. away. He yeah, just but I don't chip. I think he can play 15 to 20 minutes right away. I don't think he's going to be playing 30, 35 minutes a night like Suggs, Green, and Kadar. So okay. I'm I'm going thumbs down there. I still I just think some of these guys, you know, they're going to have a nice role. I mean, we're for sure, we're going to have some beef stews or some quickly, yes, you know, there's yes. going to be a couple guys like that. But I think this first team, it's a stack draft, man. Three or four of these guys, like you can pencil in on this first team already unless they get hurt. Okay. All right. 
let's do it then all or our top five drafts. Yeah, let's run through them real quick. I think I've touched on all of mine already. So I'm just going to go one, two, three, four, five. And I bet yours is almost the exact same here. Mine is in no particular order other okay. than my number one. Okay, interesting. I got Warriors one, Hornets two, Rockets three, Nets four, Hawks five. Oh, I didn't think about the Hawks, but I love what the Hawks did. They took two guys that are solid and were mocked and projected to go way before when they did. Jalen Johnson fell. They took him. A lot of upside. Sharif Cooper, the bottom fell out. Got him late second round. He's got a lot of high upside, too. I like Johnson because they have so many mouths to feed. They're not going to be expecting anything from him to start the season. Yeah. Like, just come in and see how it works. And then Sharif Cooper, like, there's no question as to whether he can play basketball. I mean, over eight assists as a true freshman. He's, He's just got to get the jumper right. And yeah, who better than working with Trey Young to teach a guard how to shoot threes? Right. But I think he's going to come in and like play similarly to Trey. And so it's not going to be that much of a fall off from what they're trying to do. And yeah, and you got I think those you've shooters also, out there. Exactly. That's where I was going. You've got Reddish. You've got Hunter. You've got Herder. You've got Herder, so many of these guys to surround him bo- with when bogey. he is running that second unit where it's not going to be an issue with spacing. And I also think that you probably don't want to re-sign Lou Williams. You know, you're strapped on no, cap space. You don't really have you Chris, Chris Dunn didn't work out, but you do need a secondary ball handler, not even secondary ball handler, a second point guard that can Bogdanovich run your can do it. Yeah, but you want a guy that is a natural facilitator when yeah. Trey isn't out there just to make things easier for everyone else. And that's what Sharif Cooper is. Like he could play year one. There's a chance. All right. My top five, Houston crushed it yep they're number one orlando they didn't screw it up that's yeah. why they're on my list like, i don't like the wagner pick but i i love Suggs at five i think that was a home run that he fell to them uh, yeah i'm just saying like they got a star and like there's no question about it they did it right it's not mo bamba here you know they didn't um, screw it up so yeah i'm with you brooklyn they don't have much money to spend on free agents and they got like four or five guys here that I think could help. So Cam Thomas, he's going to score. Dayron Sharp, he flew up mocks. I mean, or just flew up boards like the last week of this. I heard he might go as high as 12, but he's going to have a role. DeAndre Jordan is washed, so I like that. Yep. Kessler Edwards, do it all wing from Pepperdine. He's got a chance. Zagorowski, not so high on, but I like Raekwon Gray from Florida State, another guy who can do a little bit of everything and has a big body that he can defend with. I mean, they picked up five guys, two of whom are ready to come in and contribute right away. They actually have a bench now. They have a few guys to develop. They've got yeah. a little bit more flexibility in case they do have injuries in the regular season. You know, in the playoffs, you can only do so much to fill in for guys like Katie Harden and Kyrie, but regular season-wise... You can let some of these look rookies run a little bit. You can load manage. You can give them some reps and get them acclimated and have options instead of like, how much can we get out of Blake Griffin and Jeff Green tonight? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're just going to have their lives is going to be easy playing around those guys. Like they're going to look good. Yeah. I'm um, with you. I'm I with got you. 
Pelicans touched on that and the Warriors, while it didn't seem to make a lot of sense for winning right now, they got two elite prospects who can put up 20 plus a game in the future. Like, I just love what they did. Agreed. Great and value. I think they got one in Moody who will help right now, but also has a lot of upside. And then Kaminga, he might not be able to help at all his first year, but this is a guy that could be a potential face of the franchise in a few years. Like, yeah. we are not too far removed from talk of him potentially going number one overall. So the fact that you got him at seven and you didn't have to move up for him, thumbs up. I mean, he gets to learn from Draymond Green. And if you have worries about his shot, he can go he can go work with Stephen Clay for a little bit and the amazing shooting coaches that they've got there. Like any potential concern for Kaminga can be answered by what the Warriors have in place. Yeah, I mean he scored over fifteen a game for the Ignite. Like he can go to the G League if he has to to start the season. That's what I said. Just stick him back down in the G League if you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gotten a plethora of news over the last 12, 24, 48 hours. And there's a lot of buzz and we're just going to break down the biggest stuff real quick here. And all of this is likely to change. By the time you hear this, some of these free agents that opted out could already have new teams. Some trades might be made. There is no telling because all of this madness is going to be starting tonight and tomorrow. The biggest news, I'm going to start with Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard because these just broke. Both of these guys declining their options. At this point, it seems to be expected that both of them will be returning to their former teams and, or I guess current teams and some type of reworked deal that's either more money over more years or yada yada. But this is no surprise. Don't let the clickbait articles on Kawhi Leonard or Chris Paul declines option, enters free agency. This was expected. These guys were never going to accept these options. Whether Kawhi gets hurt or not, he's going to want a bigger bag over more years. And the Chris Paul thing, he's going to take more years and longevity over a one-year gamble. Even though the one-year would pay out fat, this guy would rather have three years of a guarantee X amount, you know, 20 or 25 million coming in, knowing that he's got a spot on a team somewhere. Because let's say he tweaks his hammy or tears an ACL at the end of the season. He's probably never getting a big contract. People are going to write him off. Yeah, he's done at that point. So he is guaranteeing himself a bag over the next few years. And there was a lot of noise about things being kind of quiet between him and Phoenix and sounding like there was radio silence. Phoenix hadn't reached out. Well, those rumors were all bullshit because the thing is, after the season ended, Phoenix was not allowed to talk in extension with him or his agent. The front office played it by the book. They didn't tamper. They said, we're going to wait until... August 1st or whatever the date was where they're legally allowed to talk. And that's why there was this silence. I mean, there were guys that were kind of unsure about it. Like I know Russillo at one point had said, I have gotten confirmation from teams and people around the situation that have said Phoenix hasn't even reached out to Chris Paul yet. Well, they weren't allowed to like, it was known that they weren't going to reach out until this point. Chris Paul has been hanging out with Devin Booker and Cameron Payne and bridges. And these guys have been playing pool together. They've, they've been talking, chilling, like, He's going to be going back to Phoenix. That's what it looks like. It would be absolutely shocking at this point if he didn't. I don't even think it's news. I think both of these guys are staying put. This is just standard operating procedure. This yep. is what these guys do. They sign For the one sure. and ones in Kawhi's Although, case. Kawhi's Chris a little bit more one more long-term deal. Kawhi's a little bit more all over the place. Like I, I never want to say with too much certainty I know what he's going to do because it's Kawhi but he's probably going to be back with the Clippers. With the concessions they've made for him, I just don't see him going anywhere else. I agree. And the fact that he doesn't want to leave body. LA and California. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, what, what other big news we got here? 
Okay, well, this is a OKC-centric podcast at times. Let's touch on the latest with them. So Woj reported right after the draft that he expects Kimba to be traded prior to the season. I'm all on board with that. We need to open up space for our young guns. Yeah. And now we're seeing potential of a Lori Markinen to OKC sign and trade. I believe Bobby Marks put this out there. I'm here I'm for all, it. I am all for these reclamation projects. It's absolutely Lori Markinen, well. Zach Collins, Malik Monk. I would take any one of these three guys. I know Collins can play. He's just never on the floor. He's just got bones made of paper and skin made of glass. But yeah, I, I love our player development staff. We've seen young guys get better year after year. Markinen, you never know. He could come in. Shoot the hell out of the ball with those playmakers we have and Poku. I was going to say, that's the thing is we have a lot of playmakers in Shea, Giddy, Poku, and others where even Baisley at times, like these guys look for the teammates. Put it on the floor. Yeah, they, they can mix it up and they can find the open guy. Whereas in Chicago, you got Levine, you got Kobe White, you got a bunch of guys that just want to score the ball. Yeah. I mean, Shea did lead the league in drives, but I mean, we know he's more than just a. Well, yeah, scorer. he also put up what? Like, seven eight assists a game damn near yeah yeah he's a stud um zach collins will be sick we only have Derek favors is the only true center on our roster like come on let's try our hand at this guy agree Pay him for two years while you know we have this cap space yep i completely agree it. might as well okay next andre iguodala his team option was declined by miami Yes. Chalk it up. He's going back to Golden State. I listened to him on JJ Reddick's pod recently. This dude is checked out. He just plays golf. That's all he does. Yeah, I don't blame he, him. Like, And also, he's very big in investing. He's a smart, thoughtful I mean, guy. Yeah, he wrote a book. Like, He's he's a heady dude. Yes. Um, I think so it I, makes a lot of sense. Like, Might as well go back to Golden State and be with your homies that you did it all with and see if you can get one more. Right. Just go play defense for those guys. And also, like, Draymond went on the Besties podcast with Chamath, Palapatia, Jason Calacanis, these venture capital investors. Like, I know Iggy wants to be back out there in Silicon Valley in these circles, getting that deal flow. Like, this guy's thinking about life after hoops. For sure. It's, it's going to happen. I agree. Other things to note with Miami. They did pick up Goran Dragic's option, which was around $15 million. Kind of surprised me because there is a lot of rumblings that they are, not even might be, they are the front runner for Kyle Lowry right now. I've seen a lot of people reporting in the last 24 hours of, hey, the, the Miami front that was pretty silent for a while, yeah, we're back to the buzz of them doing something big. And huh. I don't know necessarily fit-wise how it would work with Jimmy and Bam and everyone, but apparently Miami is about to be extra aggressive and they have Kyle Lowry's attention. So I don't know if maybe they picked up Dragic's option to use as a chip in the sign and trade. I don't That's know what was reported. We'll see. I just saw he, they picked it up. I didn't even read anything about the circumstance behind it. I just knew they declined Iggy's, picked up Dragic's and they have very big interest in Kyle Lowry. 
I'm tired of all this Lowry stuff. <laughs> like, I just want something to get done. This you would guy's think been he's like floated around for six months now. Yeah, I was gonna say you would think he's like Kawhi or Kevin Durant with the way that Kyle Lowry free agency has been talked about, but yeah. it is a weaker class, and he seems to be the biggest name that's likely to be on the move in terms of the free agents, at least. Right. And I was disappointed that they picked up Dragic's option because I really wanted him in Dallas. Oh, that would have been sick. I kind of wanted him back in Phoenix. A little reunion uh, to finish have that it kind off. Of money. But Dallas I mean, has a decision to make. We have the mid level. Like, it would not be hard to give him 10 or 11 million on a one year deal to come off the bench. Yeah. Dallas has. Dallas has a decision to make here. They can try to bring back Tim Hardaway. He's probably going to fetch 20 plus. I've got I, something on that. I think it's stupid. Hardaway, like, he is not worth Hardaway 20 million. Yeah, I don't. Everyone's talking about him as a top free agent who gets 20 to 25 million. Why? Like, what have you it. watched with Tim Hardaway that makes you think he's worth that? He was legit in the playoffs. He wasn't scared. He was, he was taking streaky. big shots. He was streaky. In some games, he would go three for 13 from three and others he would shoot it well but is this a guy that i want to be the third best player on my team no yeah it's a little rich for my blood i wouldn't give him that big of a deal but i do think he's a really good player um other options for dallas you have DeRozan potentially i don't know if he's going to be willing to take a drastic enough pay cut to go to the lakers um they say the Rosen might want to team up with Lowry in Houston. I could see that maybe. In Houston? I mean, in Miami. Okay, I was about to say, whoa, Lowry going back yeah. to Houston. What the hell's going on? Back where it all started. What about Lonzo? I was just about to say that. I was going to say, why not Lonzo? That's something I haven't heard yet, but would he not be an incredible compliment to Luca, especially after we've kind of learned with Lonzo over the last two seasons where he's maybe not a ball dominant point guard. He's kind mm -hmm. of a secondary playmaker that can just float can and be, great. be decent anywhere, whether he's on ball or off ball. He shoots really well. Now he's good defender, it. switchable, yeah. long, gotten a lot stronger. Gives him some athleticism out in transition. I, I would really like that fit. Um, and we should note they traded Josh Richardson to the Celtics created mm -hmm. about an $11 million exception out of that deal so maybe they could fill that up with someone who can help next year yeah we'll see on that we will see i don't really know what the hell dallas is going to do i think they're kind of in a tough situation and maybe they do just pay hard away because there's no other option and they can't find a new home for him in a sign-in trade but i would love to see them get aggressive and try and go pick up a guy like Horton Tucker, maybe get, get a little bit outside the box Ooh. and try and find someone to pair with Luca. And at the very least, someone that can run the second unit when Luca isn't out there. Cause Brunson did a decent job and I like him, but I would rather have someone that I feel like really good about like Lonzo. No, we Brunson's a good for... player, but he's not a, I mean, he's not going to be your starting two. Right. And I mean, just in terms of running the offense, when Luke is out there, he's not bad, but he's a little bit limited. He's small. He's not that athletic. And it depends on what you've got around him. He doesn't create a ton for himself or others off the dribble necessarily. Right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Lonzo, though. Yeah. So do you think he's worth the max that's getting floated around? It sounds no. like the Bulls have the most traction at this point. Yeah, I read that the Bulls are going to offer him the max. I don't know the validity to that but 
I think in the right situation, he could be worth the max, but just at face value, is he a max player? No, yeah. definitely not. A guy who's scoring, what, 12 a game? That That's not 13 a game. Like, that's not a max player. Yeah, it, it seems like it could be <laughs> a bad deal at the tail end of it. I don't know. Similar to, like, you saying Hardaway doesn't deserve that much. The same thing could happen with Lonzo a little bit, but he's still only 23 shot nearly 40 percent on high volume from three i like it and one last thing on dallas i forgot to mention yeah they're terrible at putting together a good team around their stars like i don't understand why is it so difficult for them to get people who can help i mean what do you mean like they did a good job putting people around dirk i thought when they had like jason terry josh howard sean mary and tyson chandler okay that's that's I'm this new regime, Luca. I'm well, there's glad. a new new regime now. Yeah, so yeah, I'm glad they got rid of everyone who was up there because my goodness, they just can't seem to get anyone who can come in and help. What about CJ McCollum? If they could somehow piece together some package, maybe Hardaway in a to... sign and trade, throw something else mm-hmm. in and some picks. Hardaway and Norman Powell. That's some overlap. I'm not a fan. Yeah, that probably is, but. They have a ton of overlap right now with Dame and CJ anyway. Like, yeah, at least Hardaway is not a ball dominant guard. Right. It kind of gives Dame more ability to create and he's more of a shooter that Dame can kick to versus someone that, I mean, in my opinion, I've said it a lot of times, CJ needs the ball in his hands to be at his best. I guess putting him in Dallas next to Luka wouldn't really change that then. Yeah. I just want Dallas to do something. I don't want to see these goofy role players back out there around Luka with him just having to play hero ball every game to win. I want to see a real roster. Like, let's get some real pieces there. And it sucks because I'm having a hard time coming up with the trades for them to do it because they are just so screwed cap-wise. I I don't know how they get better. They have to get off off Porzingis' money. Kimba for Porzingis. I don't think that makes... I think that makes him worse. I'm just floating it out there. No, I, I certainly possible. It's one of the only realistic of, options on the table. I've had a hard time thinking of Kimba Walker trade partners. Okay, what about this? What about Porzingis for Wiggins and Ubre sign and trade? So Dallas gets back Wiggins, Wiggins and Ubre for Porzingis, and maybe Dallas throws in a future first. Why to would it. why would Ubre be in that too? Just to give Dallas somebody else. I think Porzingis is making four or five more a year than Wiggins, and the money would work. It would give Dallas another wing that can defend. You could just do Wiggins for Porzingis. Yeah, but I'm saying if I'm Dallas, I'd rather have Oubre as well. I mean, we're hurting for wings. Like, wings that can defend, we don't have any. Like, Finney Smith is about the only guy. Since when? You're saying we about Dallas. I'm saying in that situation, if I'm Dallas, we don't have anything other than Luka. We fucking suck. Like we have nobody. <laughs> Jalen Brunson and Hardaway are good. They're decent role players, and I feel like Ubre at least gives you a little bit of a little bit of flavor, yeah. a little bit of tenacity. Like he brings something they don't have, where he's gonna go d up, and he doesn't give a shit who he's playing. Like he's got some dog, and they have no dog. Like Luca is the only dog. Like that. They can't that pay work. him if they bring in DeRozan or Hardaway. They can't do that. They don't have the money. I I don't. That's what I'm saying. That That's yeah. why you would probably definitely not bring in DeRozan in that situation and probably let Hardaway go. 
I kind of like DeRozan to Dallas. I just don't think it helps space the floor very much. And I think you kind of run into that same situation where DeRozan's best with ball in his hands. And he I just don't know. He he did the three ball. Career high in assists on a career low in usage. I mean, I like this little late stage career of DeRozan. Let's That's get him solid, back on a contender. I need like a Clay Thompson type player around Luka. Wow, yeah. Everybody needs a Clay Thompson type yeah, player. I know it would be sick, but ah, eh, I just they they're in a catch twenty two. I think. I mean, we've gone back and forth for five minutes and have come up with nothing realistic that actually helps them a ton. So that kind of tells you about where they're at. Okay, we we got two other things here. And it's crazy that we got like an hour and a half in and we haven't mentioned Russell Westbrook got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. This has just been beaten to a pulp in the media by so much already. I already forgot about it, like wiped it from my brain. I've heard it so many times already. It's old news at this point. But yeah, let's talk about it. I don't want to talk about spacing. It's just I think it's stupid, lazy conversation that you're going to hear non-stop over it's, the next it's year. the same thing also as like the nets thing where everyone was like there's only one ball how can all three stars handle yeah. it like my thing with westbrook is i said it a while ago when i mentioned this potential package after the lakers got bounced you can go let westbrook play hero ball and do his takeover bullshit for three quarters and lebron can coast and then in the fourth quarter lebron can just turn it on and Roll say all right, all right brother yeah you take a step back learn how to play off ball again Let's not do the stand in the corner bullshit where you pout about not having the ball. But this last fourth quarter, you're going to be a role player and I'm going to close the game. And I think if Westbrook accepts that role, it's a huge addition. I don't I don't care about the veteran minimum guys and everything else. Like if those three are healthy. It's the second best big three in the league and they're scary. Like I, I don't care about fit at this point. Those three guys are too good to not be taken seriously. The people online saying that they'd rather have Buddy Heald. I'm like, stupid. Buddy Heald has never impacted winning in his whole career. Russell Westbrook can get you middle of the conference, middle of the eight in your conference by himself. And this is going to be great because AD and LeBron can do their load management crap. And Russ is just going to dominate, get you wins in the regular season. I will say, though, Russ has always been the guy with the ball in his hands late in games. Like he managed to take that job from James Harden in Houston. He yeah. did it in OKC. He did Washington, it in Washington too a little bit. I mean, we will saw it he in actually will he actually defer late I think in if, games with LeBron James because LeBron James was so he passive. He was so he passive to. against Phoenix. I'd never seen him. He like, quit. He was just kind of checked out in a lot exactly. of moments. He, he gave up and realized it, it wasn't happening. You know, with their health and everything else, the roster composition and the way they were set up, it, he just he saw the writing on the wall and it wasn't going to happen. And I think with Westbrook, he's got to accept it. Like I said, probably seven or eight I, I years think LeBron ago. LeBron has to alpha him, though. I'm, oh, he, I'm he has concerned to that Russ is him. not like, going to This has to it. be an alpha competition that LeBron wins. And I think he will. He's got the biggest ego on the planet. So I, I think he will out-alpha Westbrook, but it needs to be done. And I said it forever ago. The only way Westbrook ever wins a championship is as the third best player on his team in a minimized role, where he is not just 
playing the hero ball doing that bullshit and this is the perfect situation like this is literally the only way westbrook ever could win a ring i'm really excited for him like it i am too i think it's gonna be fun it's gonna be sick the russell westbrook jersey that is going to be top selling on fanatics there's no way around that probably that's gonna go hard i'm gonna need that as like a piece of memorabilia um, I think it's awesome. I'm going to root for them if they're, you know, playing the Bucks in the finals next year. No doubt. I want Russ to get his. Let's talk about how they can fill in their roster, though. It's going to be tough. I looked at the board. I'm seeing, you know, Tory Craig, I think would be good. You got Solomon Hill, they, they Wayne Ellington. A, a sign and trade. That's Wayne the Ellington only way. to shoot. Yeah, I mean, scrape together whatever veteran minimum shooters you can get. They can use the MLE, the mid-level exception, I believe. They still have that to pay a guy around $10, $11 million a year, get a slightly bigger name that can start for you. And they need to just get really lucky and hope a team is willing to take Schroeder's contract and a sign-and-trade because Washington and Sacramento have both said, no, you're not going to turn this into a three-team trade where you get Buddy Heald and we get Dennis Schroeder. We don't want him. And yeah. so well, maybe they can find zero sense after taking Davion Mitchell. <laughs> it would be absolutely horrendous management. I mean, don't put it past the Kings, but it would yeah. just be stupid. And so at that point, you just have to try and find somebody else willing to take Schroeder's money and get any player back, anything. And then you've got to flip THT and just go way into the luxury tax. Like I'm talking balls deep into the luxury tax and just eat it. Because you're LA, you're the biggest market, you're going to make the money, you'll be fine, that's not going to be an issue, but they're going to have to find someone that can take, you know, Horton Tucker getting 15, 16 million a year in a sign and trade to bring back some other players because there is just no other way. Like, they only have the mid-level exception and the veteran minimum. That's all they can offer people. Yeah, I don't know what they do. The Schroeder decision is looming. I, I don't know about that fit now. I'd like to see them bring Caruso back. They got to pa- bring Caruso back. They have to. Yeah. Patty Mills is someone who I think would be fantastic for them, but I don't know if he's going to be willing to take a pay cut like that. I'd rather have him on $8 million a year than Schroeder on any deal. What if, I don't know how much sense this makes for the Spurs, but what if the Spurs come up with some type of deal where they can match DeRozan and THT's contracts or at least get them close enough, you know, within 15, 20% for a trade Ooh. and they do a swap there. And that way San Antonio gets some youth. DeRozan doesn't walk for nothing. And the Lakers get their fourth guy. That's, you know, they're like fourth star pretty much. San Antonio gets another big two kind of guard. That <laughs> throw has in no there real Primo and, Yeah, yeah. Throwing there with Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and their backlog of Keldon guards Johnson, that don't really Lonnie know Walker, what to do. <laughs> Vassell, yeah, yeah, exactly. It would make sense. It seems to be right on par with what they're doing so far. Yeah, um, one cap note I learned this past weekend. If you do a sign and trade and receive a player, you are hard capped. Oh, yeah, that is true. And you can't do a sign and trade for another sign and trade. Yeah, that is true. That would take the DeRozan stuff off the table. Unless maybe you worked in a third team and pulled off some kind of miracle and included other contracts. Like there's ways around it, but that does make things a little tougher. It's a good point. Yeah, so I think it's going to be Jeff Green, 
Tory Craig, Solomon Hill, these dudes is who they're going to fill out their roster with. Frank and, Kaminsky. Yeah, oh, that's, that's where they're oh, going. Bring Dwight back. Bring Dwight back as your backup might, center. Yeah, might as well. Come might on. As well bring bring JaVale back, too. Like, I, I think they should have a little reunion of all the guys they've had there when it's worked and just tell them, hey, we're getting another ring. Take the discount or don't. You know, do you want the ring or not? Yep. All right. Anything else? No. You got any big predictions on stuff that's going to happen between now and when people hear this? Because some some Woj bombs are going to drop. Like, they're coming. Yeah, Any trade I did. that you think is on the horizon? So I think Ben Simmons might be closer than people realize. I know. Yeah. We'll see. I'm hoping for the Simmons trade. Um, I hope Lowry signs immediately once that, like, once you can. Like, for the love of God, let's just get this over with. Yeah, I hope so, too. I'm tired of hearing about it. And other thing, Chris Paul and Phoenix, I've heard some people say they think that that deal will be done by like tomorrow or Tuesday. I don't know exactly how this works cap wise, but I hope we wait on this Chris Paul deal a little bit so we can go spend some cap space other places and then just bring him back and go into the luxury tax. I know Sarver's a cheap ass, but I hope to potentially get a ring and have like Twilight Years Chris Paul off a championship run. Like, yeah. let's do it. You know, like let's let's eat the losses and be a smart businessman and realize how much more revenue this could bring into Phoenix and bring into the team if you are making another playoff run. Will Aiton's extension kick in next season? Like not not this season we're about to play, but the one after. What they should do is front load Chris's deal, like pay him a, a significant amount more, a, a material amount more in year one. And then year two, slightly descending. I don't know, though. That would help you pay these guys when they come up. See, that's a good point. But I would almost rather... Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing is, when you do have Bridges, Cam, and Aiton, even if you've got CP3 getting like 15 or 20 mil in his last year or two, you're still going to be over the cap with Booker's max, Aiton's max, and then Bridges and Cam's money. Like Can you do 45... 30 and then 15 <laughs> god uh i still think 35 be over 30 the ca- 25 i don't know i maybe they do the opposite maybe they try and get, get him 90. to take uh, i think it's got to be at least 80 or he would have just accepted the option i'm thinking three years 80 to I'm 90 is three for 90 and lowry's gonna get something similar it seemed like i don't I don't want Lowry to end up in New Orleans. Like I don't think he wants to be in New Orleans. Like I need I have to not, know what that looks like. I have not read or heard anything that would make me believe it's a real possibility. He wants to win. Like he has no intention of going and being Zion's mentor and the feel good Chris Paul story. Like he wants another ring. Yeah. Um okay. The one prediction I will have is that Duncan Robinson gets paid fat, and I'm really curious to see where he ends up. I am as well. I think that could be very interesting. My sources have told me that Duncan Robinson has been in KC this past weekend, and he's been pacing around on his phone quite a bit. So I, I just think it's fascinating to like hear about the inner workings of free agency and everything. It's crazy. It's cool. This I've been listening to his podcast, and I know he's about to get truly life changing money, like seventy five million dollars potentially. Like 
it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, he's going to get one of those Tim Hardaway deals that I think is too much money, but people will pay for shooting. And they're also going to operate under the assumption that the cap's going to go up exponentially. So, you know, the 15 or 20 million that you're signing him to per year for the next few years is going to look a whole lot better each year. Yeah. And I, I'd like for him to stay in Miami, but I'm not very confident that he will, especially if they are going at Lowry and DeRozan here. All right, you know what? Screw it. Lowry package on the record. Lowry and Siakam for Ben Simmons. That feels like a lot. Think so? I'm not... Okay. It's less Simmons than Embiid and OG and Anobi and... Scotty Barnes and Ben Simmons on the same team ain't happening. That is an issue. Uh, yeah, that could be an issue. That could be an issue. I don't know. They're going to get something for Lowry, and I think Siakam's about gone too. I, I don't think him and Nick Nurse have a very good relationship. Yeah. Philly Toronto, doesn't Toronto's need... Toronto's up to something. Like Toronto is going to do something. They're, an, they're a very interesting team because they could be back in the playoffs this coming season, or they could flip... You know, Lowry here, maybe even trade Siakam. Like, if you could, if they could have got Moody and Kuminga for Siakam, Moody, Kuminga, and Wiseman for Siakam, if you would have told me that's what it was, I'd do that. Yeah, me too. Me too. You have, but I, I don't know. After hearing what Philly was wanting for Simmons, it's kind of made me question everything. But I think it's all a smokescreen just to make people up the offers a little bit. And then it gets to a point of like, oh, we never actually thought we were going to any of that shit like we're just glad he offered us more than you know a used napkin and a chip and a penny like heck yeah we're gonna take whatever you you know your first round pick and siakam or whatever it is you know what i mean yeah we'll see all right okay. let's get out of here we're gonna hit that two hour mark if we keep talking about the nba so appreciate y'all listening y'all know the drill give us that five star rating leave a review tell your friends please and thank you please and thank you my brain's on e i'm out of here Peace.